from St. Louis Public Radio. This is St. Louis on the Air. He hasn't said this, but the Democratic Party is in uh, kind of a, 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 a cold winter. I suspect that the calculus is that a moderate candidate could soak up some of the vote. Are you tired of divisive politics? His latest allegations in the history of scandal, and I think a lot of people to are. To what extent that's going to be able to reflect on Wood as a candidate is a little harder to tell. I'm Rod Milan. We turn to federal electoral politics and take a look at the Senate race that's coming up in the fall in Missouri. Current U.S. Senator Roy Blunt has decided not to run for re-election for third term, so that leaves the door open for more candidates than usual and not just from the two big parties. Former U.S. Attorney John Wood is launching a bid as an independent candidate for the U.S. Senate seat. Joining me to talk about the candidacy of John Wood is Steve Vokrot of the Midwest Newsroom. He's speaking with us today from Kansas City, Missouri, and radio station KCUR. Steve, welcome to St. Louis on the Air. Thanks for having me. Okay, Steve, as I mentioned, this is an open Senate seat. It's being vacated by Roy Blunt. It has, of course, attracted heavy competition from Republican candidates, and those candidates are competing for a base from former President Donald Trump. What kind of voter is Wood and his campaign aiming at right now? So Wood is, uh, he's aiming for mainstream Republicans, and that's how he describes himself. He's a member of the Republican Party, but he is uh, fairly repelled by what he sees going on in his party's primary, um, where, as you mentioned, the candidates are uh, really competing for voters that I would say are you know, for the most part, uh, fairly far to the right. And he sees room in both uh, sort of these mainstream Republicans. Sometimes they're referred to as business Republicans or country club Republicans. I'm talking about the Republicans of like the 1970s and 80s uh, uh, and perhaps even the 90s who have not gone quite as far to the right on particularly like the social and cultural issues. Um, I think he sees that there is a lane of people who are sick of how divisive politics have gotten in Missouri and elsewhere in the country, uh, as well as probably some independents and some Democrats um, uh, who don't really want to take part or vote for whoever comes out of the Republican primary. Um, We'll see if his read on the Missouri electorate is right. I mean, there's an argument that his read is a pretty optimistic one, but it's uh, there's a few unusual circumstances around this particular election that maybe give him a maybe a better shot than a lot of independents have had in the past. What do you think those uh, unusual circumstances are? Well, one of them is uh, the possible reemergence of Eric Greitens. Um, he is, of course, the Republican governor of Missouri who had to resign amid scandal in 2018. And so he's running for Senate again. Most polls put him at or near the top of the Republican primary. Uh, And that's despite allegations uh, earlier this year by his ex-wife that he uh, physically and emotionally abused her and their children. Um, And if you think back to 2012, when, you know, Todd Akin was running for Senate and he made uh, a a remark about, uh, you know, the legitimate rape remark, and that really sunk his candidacy um, against Claire McCaskill, 
in the current context, 10 years later, uh, Greitens is fairly, seems to be fairly unaffected by uh, these latest allegations and his history of scandal. He's got a solid base of support in the Republican Party. And if he emerges, there is a school of thought. And I think the school of thought goes, you know, as high up as even maybe Mitch McConnell's office, that Missouri, which should be a safe seat for Republicans, could be in play because of uh, all the baggage that uh, a Greitens candidacy could bring to the general election. So if there is such energy around the Greitens possible re-election, why is Wood running now? He's never run for office before. He's never run for office before. You're right. Uh, he was a former federal prosecutor here in Kansas City. So this is this is his first foray. Uh, I think the reason he's doing it, he also doesn't really uh, find uh, uh, much to like about the Democrats, uh, the Democratic Party. And he hasn't said this, but the Democratic Party is in uh, kind of a, a, a cold winter period right now in the state of Missouri. Um, and he thinks that they're I, I suspect that the calculus is that a moderate candidate could 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 soak up some of the vote that isn't so keen on the vote that's uh, a bit further further to the right. He, uh, you know, John Danforth made a call for an independent candidate to jump into this race. Danforth, as a lot of uh, your listeners will know, has had misgivings about the direction of the Republican Party, uh, but he also won't you know, like Wood, he won't go with the Democrats, uh, despite the movements of the Republican Party over the last few years. And so he's called for an independent candidate. And Wood used to work with Danforth uh, on Danforth staff a long time ago. And so Wood answered that call. And so Wood will come into this race with a bit more financial backing than uh, an independent candidate ordinarily would. And you know, we'll just have to see what traction he can gain. Of course, he doesn't have to run in the primary in August since he's an independent. He just has to get 10,000 signatures to get on the ballot. Should be easy. And then he'll compete in the general election. Um, but, uh, but you know, open Senate seats, the politics and the motivations of voters are very, you know, it's, it's a high stakes seat, of course. There's only 100 of them. And we see that they steer the direction of, the, of legislation. Uh, they, they shape the Supreme Court, as we have seen in the last uh, uh, eight, eight or nine days. And so it's very high stakes, uh, very high stakes election in Missouri. Now, you've noted that former U.S. Senator John Danforth is already backing Wood. And there's also another Danforth connection. He has a political action committee, uh, Missouri Stands United, and they've pledged $20 million to the Woods campaign. Plus, that group has also released the results of an 800-person survey taken in the St. Louis and Kansas City area and stated that the results show that an independent candidate has a realistic chance of winning the very Senate seat uh, that Wood is running for. Uh, how much weight do you give to the group's influence? Plus, um, is the survey's conclusion credible as far as you're concerned? Well, money always helps. Um, you know, if you think back to 2018, when Craig O'Deer ran as an independent, he didn't even get 2% of the vote. Um, and part of that was because he didn't have, uh, you know, the fundra- his fundraising apparatus was a bit more strapped than uh, uh, John Wood's. Uh, it is and will be. Um, and so, so that gives him, you know, that, that, that gives him, a, you know, some momentum and, you know, an infrastructure for his campaign. He calls it a lean campaign infrastructure. Um, so, you know, Wood, Wood comes into the race with a bit of, a bit, a bit of credibility, um, for an independent candidate. Um, 
you know, we'll see how this plays out. You know, people tend to revert, you know, the messaging in that in that memo that you referenced, it wasn't really so much asking about a specific candidate, but they were testing these messages about, you know, and I'll just boil it down, you know, do, do you do you want to divide? Are you tired of divisive politics? And I think a lot of people are. Now, to what extent that's going to be able to reflect on Wood as a candidate is a little harder to tell, particularly in the place where the messaging was tested, you know, in Kansas City and Missouri, which uh, or Kansas City and St. Louis, which are politically a bit more moderate than the outstate parts of uh, Missouri. And one quick last question for you. How does Wood match up uh, to all the other Democratic candidates? We've been talking about the Republican candidates, but unlike Republicans, his belief in the legitimacy of the 2020 election really is not going to make him an outlier uh, to those voters quickly. Yeah, I mean, the Democrat, the big obstacle with the Democrats is a lot of their candidates aren't terribly well known, you know, particularly like the Republicans are. I mean, the leading candidates on the Democratic side are Lucas Kuntz, uh, Trudy Bush Valentine is a latecomer to the Democratic primary, and Spencer Toter are kind of the main ones. And there's all kinds of, you know, there's a bunch of uh, what I would call minor candidates for both parties, but, you know, those are the main ones. And so, um, I haven't seen a lot of indication that their candidacies are really catching fire. I mean, they have money, uh, they're raising money, um, but money does not always equate to popularity. It could mean popularity later on, but you know, I'm not seeing a whole lot of movement on the, on the Democratic side in this race. So that's Steve Vakrat, reporter for the Midwest Newsroom, joining us today from Kansas City, Missouri at station KCUR. Steve, thank you very much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Today's episode was produced by Alex Hoyer with audio engineering and podcast design by Aaron Dorr. Our executive producer is Alex. Our podcast proudly supports St. Louis artists by using music from Life Creative Group. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. Do you find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? Suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations. And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. Thanks. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at ChooseWood.com.